Hi, everyone. Welcome. Nice to see some faces. Fabiola, nice to see you again. Great to Hi, see you. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. I um, We are recording this, but this is just simply because the audio will be recorded to use the podcast later on. So don't worry. Um, nothing's going to be, no videos are promoted on the website. Uh, we are just going to record it so we can use this later on. So I'm going to welcome everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in today. This is part of our alumni experience series. Today, we're focusing on our alumni that um, lived in Latin America before deciding to pursue Ivy for their, their MBA. And this, we found, was really helpful for you to then understand, you know, coming from a similar, at least part of the world, you can understand the decisions they made, the situations they face, some of even challenges or opportunities. Uh, and in general, just a great to hear from other alumni, their experience in our MBA uh, program. So with that, um, you know, I'm Lindsay Littman. For those who haven't worked with me, my focus is on our full-time MBA program. I do work in areas like Latin America. I'm fortunate enough to travel there a few times a year to recruit students for our program. I also work with other parts of the world like Canada and Central Asia. Um, but uh, I, I am here to help you on the journey, answer questions about the program, the experience, and even help facilitate introductions to some of our great alumni, like two who are here today with us. So we'll get over to the stars of today's event, um, which is Paloma Stewart and Cristobal Dupuy. Uh, Paloma, if we start with yourself, if you don't mind just introducing yourself, and, uh, and then we'll go to Cristobal. Sure. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Paloma. I'm originally from Peru, and I graduated from IB in March 2021. Um, seems not too far away from Ivy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, before before Ivy, I was working in Peru as a senior consultant at EY, uh, mainly doing risk management projects. And um, yeah, after six years, I felt that you know it was continue there and becoming a manager or time to do my MBA. And um, then I joined Ivy, and after the program, I joined Scotia Bank. Uh, I actually joined a rotational program. Uh, which I'm about to finish in the upcoming months. So, uh, yeah, any questions? Uh, happy to help. That's amazing. It's, so, it's, it's interesting now, right? Now you're on the other side of it. You were once in their shoes and now you're on the alumni side and almost on your first, your first career after the NBA. So that's, that's great. Congrats to you. Uh, and Cristobal, over to you. Awesome. So I am Cristobal Bupuy. I'm originally from Mexico. I actually came here with my wife. Um, the reasons for, like before doing the MBA, I was doing a few different things, kind of like different projects, uh, but I was mostly working with a company uh, remotely doing digital marketing, digital marketing consulting, digital marketing strategy, all of that. Uh, reasons for the MBA, there were many reasons, really one of them, uh, like it definitely wanted to advance my career uh, to a path that gets me to a better position faster, but I also wanted to immigrate to Canada. Let's, let's be honest, that was a big reason why I also kind of like wanted to, to study to, to, to study in Canada specifically. I never really considered uh, schools in any other country. So, um, so there's that, like definitely the immigration process was, was important. Uh, I graduated in 2022, so four, five months ago, depends on how you look at it. Uh, sometimes I feel like it's just been a couple of weeks. Sometimes it's feel like it's been already a couple of years. <laughs> And uh, I joined a company called PivotTree. It's like tech consulting slash implementation partner as product manager. And uh, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun so far. Lots of learnings. Definitely the first, um, the first position after the MBA, like a continued MBA, because like, 
every day you're learning quite a lot of things, like really putting things into practice. And um, the same as Paloma, if you have any, any questions, whether it's now, if you forget any questions and you want to ask later on, feel free to shoot me a message. Yeah, that's great. Thanks again. And I'd love to see your career success as well. And glad your family has enjoyed living in Canada and you got off here and you're still living in London, which is, which is nice. You survived the winters. I know it's going to be a topic is uh, how is the winter up here and how brutal is it? Um, but and yeah, I should say this to the group as well. We'll definitely take questions. Um, ideally, we'll take them at the end, but if there's something that comes up as we're, it's, it's a topic that's being discussed. You can either use the raise the hand feature or type into the chat box and I'm here to help um, pick up those questions and address them to either Crystal ball or Paloma. Um, so when you're thinking about when you were both thinking about the MBA, when you were looking at programs, I know you mentioned Canada, certainly from an immigration perspective, it was, it's a, it's a pretty good process. It's not too, not as complicated as some other countries and Canada is known to be very um, accepting um, of, of different backgrounds and, and cultures and, and very much a, we have that representative here in Ivy, but also the city of London and Canada. When you're thinking about those programs of a one year, um, being an international student, were you at all worried that you wouldn't be able to make uh, a career change or to you know, start your next chapter of your career in Canada with our program, considering we don't have that internship or the two years to find a full-time career? Um, Paloma, maybe we'll start with you. Was that at all a concern with you thinking about Ivy? Actually, no, like for me, I was looking for a one year program, uh, two years, it was too much. Uh, <laughs> I knew that I already had the, the work experience, so I didn't need to go through an internship. Um, and especially, I guess, like for in my case, because I came from a company that was already well known uh, in, in, in other countries, uh, it, it was kind of a letter of presentation as well. So that would give me like not only the number of year of work of of work experience, of years of work experience, but also the credibility to those years, right? So I felt like that one year was you know good for me, and um, you know joining Ivy, which is already a uh, um, pretty well known school uh, in Canada, I thought that I wouldn't need to worry about that. I I, I think like for especially for international students, uh, the most challenging part could be, you know, uh, getting that first job, but mm -hmm. it's a process, right? And I'm pretty sure like all, everyone would, uh, will, will get familiar with it uh, once they're, they're in the school and it, it's, it's challenging, but not impossible. Okay. That's great. And Christopher, what about for you? Was it, was the one year duration at all a concern or like Paloma, were you focusing on one year programs? Initially, it was a little bit of a concern. Uh, like when I just started the process of doing research for the MBA, uh, I kind of was a bit more focused on it to a two year because of the internship, because I had like this idea that uh, you needed to have some Canadian work experience to get a job in Canada, that they really, didn't really consider the international work experience, which I now see that is not completely true. Um, and then like as, as, as Paloma said, like once I started like learning more, meeting people from different schools, um, I really saw that it wasn't an issue. And like as well, like having seven years of work experience pre-MBA, uh, a two-year program on, on school is, is a lot of time. Yeah. You're right. Both your profiles had enough experience. You know, again, our we look for at least two years up to sort of that 10-year-ish mark. 
but that does come down to where it, the quality of your experience. If you've had enough experience, you don't need the two years. You yeah. really don't. Um, and also keep in mind, an internship is not guaranteed. You have to apply for internships still. Uh, so it's not that you absolutely will get that. And I mean, I think you look at it both in your positions you've been in. In the first three months of a position, you're you're learning things, but you're not really into the role as much as afterwards. So understanding how much you really get out of an internship does does sort of vary uh, on, on the position as well. Now, when you were buying the MBA, how did you each approach it? Uh, Cristobal, let's start with you in terms of what did you do to, to learn more about the programs? What was some of the um, approach? What was the approach that you took? So a lot of things, uh, like online took a big role, but also the MBA fairs. I actually met you, Lindsay, at one yeah. of them in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a big part of it. So I didn't really know a lot about Ivy until like this MBA fair. Um, I knew a lot about like Rotman initially. Like I was considering four schools. Uh, like I was Rotman, Ivy, Smith, York. Uh, at some point, I applied to three of them. I got accepted into all three of them. Um, and, and it was it was a big process. Like initially I was very certain that I wanted Rotman. Like I, I, I was like, yeah, like that's it. I'm, I'm applying to other schools like to see what happens. But once I started doing more research and the actual application process, uh, like that's where, where kind of like my mindset started to shift. I started to fall kind of more in love with the program. I started to, to talk to the people. And that, that I think was the most single most important thing talk to the people um, and my experience with everyone that I talked to like from Ivy everybody was excited everybody was like telling you how many friends they had made how close how close they, the, the class was um, and and it is true it really is like that and from other schools like I'm sure there are fantastic programs I'm not here to talk bad about like any, any other program but uh, they were all like yeah so you pretty much just make friends with internationals because everybody knows people in Trump every single person knows a lot of people in Toronto, even, even the internationals. So it's hard to keep an active social life very focused on your classmates when you have so many things that distracts everybody in, in, in the class really. Um, cost of living was, was a factor, but not, not a major one, uh, but still, still important. Um, and of course, like the case method is, is also um, and an important factor that turned me into into this decision. I, I cannot see myself sitting in two hour lectures. Like it, it's it's not for me. Um, it is good for a lot of people. Um, and, and 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 again, like surely there's great professors, great programs, great content. But uh, like what's important is to do the research, think about what's best for you, and uh, and and go for it. And you're gonna hear this throughout the program quite a lot of you do apply and get accepted. Like trust the process and it starts with your research, not when you start the program. You had a lot of great points there, uh, Cristobal, you know, especially around what's important to you with an MBA, the fit part, right? This is what's important to you. Like you said, Schulich, Rotman, Queens, um, you know, they're all great programs. There's a lot of great programs, not just in Canada, but worldwide that everyone offers something different. And what it comes down to is what is important to you. And so understand this through engaging with the schools, getting to know them better. And you're right. It's really important to connect with current students or recent alumni, because I of course can tell you, you know, the stats, the career success, what you can expect, you know, from admissions, 
and even some time in the program. But for those who've lived the experience firsthand, they're the ones who can tell you, like you said, the friendships, what you do outside of class, what the culture is like, you know, is it, is it cutthroat? Is it more collaborative and supportive? And as you're narrowing down your schools and figuring out what is important to me, that's where you have to line up. What's important to me? And then where am I getting those? What's the program that's best for me where I'm going to most likely not just do well from a career perspective, but also enjoy it, thrive in the experience. Um, so those are some, some great points you shared, Cristobal. I really appreciate that. Um, Paloma, what about yourself? How did you approach uh, buying the MBA? Yeah, so for me, my research actually started when I was uh, only, when I only had one year and a half of working experience. <laughs> so uh, I actually came to Canada just to visit and I went to Shulig, I went to, went to Rodman and I went to a university fair uh, where I got to learn from Ivy and other schools as well. Uh, at that point for me made sense uh, two year program because I, I didn't even have like two years, right? But then uh, because I wanted to to keep working as a consultant uh, later, I want your program make more sense. And since I already, I was already familiar with Ivy, I knew the brand uh, that it gives you. Uh, I think like that was the one year, one year program, the brand, and also the experience from other students because I started reaching out to some people uh, that you know made me realize that it was a good fit for myself. And uh, and also being in London. Uh, like I actually, apart from the cost of living, as Cristobal mentioned, I think like it's a good way to transition uh, when you're coming from abroad because it gives you more time to settle down and take things, uh, you know, with a, a good pace without having to rush into Toronto and, you know, deal with multiple things at the same time. Um, yeah, most of you probably will land a job in Toronto, so eventually you'll move there. But uh, so I thought that it was a nice way to enjoy one year being a, being a student again, having that space to just, you know, settle and come down and take a break from work. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I think that's mainly all those, all those points. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great too. I mean, yeah, again, coming down to that nice adaptation, it's like slowly easing into it, right? You're not rushing to move into a large, fast-paced, chaotic city right away. It's a, you know, London is a mid-sized city by Canada standards. We've about five hundred thousand people now, if we count the kind of outskirts of the city. But where you are in the city, uh, where the campus is located, is really more of the heart of where the activity lies. With uh, Western being the broader university, there's a lot of um, students there over 30,000 that attend that university that's their home university that attend there every year and you're close to the downtown you know about 20 minute or so drive or uber ride roughly um, to the downtown where um, there's more social life and that's where you've got some parks and some restaurants and and stores so um, you can get out and be social with your classmates and have some fun without it really you know being too much much going on um, when you were in the process of applying and working on your applications um as you look back now, like is, is, there, is there advice that you'd like to share with the group in terms of what helped you with the application and, and made you feel that you're putting forward a strong application? Was there an approach you took or, um, you know, in, in, in addition to that, I would say GMAT advice or GRE advice, because that is always the, the worst part of the application is, is getting that to completed. So maybe if you wouldn't mind talking about advice for the application and then maybe an advice for preparing for the test. And Paloma, okay. let's start with you on this one. Yeah, I'm thinking, Jimat. I actually yeah. took a month off from work <laughs> just to focus on that. Because uh, 
when I made the decision to do the MBA, it was very fast. So uh, I didn't spend months and months or even years like some people preparing for GMAT. I was like literally a month and a half. And yeah, I took them off uh, and did the test. And that was about, uh, about it for GMAT. Uh, for everything else uh, during the application process, I think that what helps is really like just be yourselves and like try to translate that into your into your application and the essays that you have to uh, uh, you have to pre present um, because I heard like there's so many people that when we're there when they were applying to different schools uh, they actually hire coaches and you know people to help them with the essays and I thought that it was so overwhelming and I was thought like oh maybe I'm not approaching this the right way um, but I was like why like I didn't get why you would need to go through that process and you need that support uh, and honestly you really don't need to um, just you know have a clear idea of why you want to do the MBA what do you want to pursue after an MBA which can change <laughs> during the process but at least have a basic idea of where you want to land after the MBA and just um yeah just present uh, you know make the easy the uh, essay yours really mm -hmm. those are some really helpful points um, especially I would say with the with the essays and, and trying to be yourself in the application because you know our assessment team our admissions team the committee we we really do try to get to know you and understand who you are and we we treat you as a person and not as a number and because our community at ivy is so small you know any given year it's 135 to about 150 in the program that we want to make sure we're bringing in people who do have some personality that do have something more to them than just their, their credentials. So it is important to be yourself. And I, I agree. I, I never understand the, um, the need for the consultant. I think some people maybe don't give themselves enough credit that they can do it on their own. Um, and you're right, just be yourself and share your story. So that's, that's really helpful advice there, Paloma. Uh, Cristobal, what about yourself? Yeah, I definitely agree. Like being yourself, being authentic makes, makes, like it, it really does make the difference. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess it's it's really a personal process. Like for some people, they like to do all the introspection themselves, like work through it. Some people need to talk with their family and their friends to kind of like try to understand um, what makes you unique. Again, like, like what would you like others to know about? You? Because that's, mm -hmm. that's your application process, not, not just the essays, but also your interview is going to be a lot about that. Yeah. What what do you want others to know about you? What do you think that the class would be like would learn from you? Because you have a lot of things to to share and lots of things to um, to, to to give back um, to, to to the rest of the class. Mm -hmm. So I think I think there's like a lot of that. Um, yeah. No. I think I think that's it. I think Paloma. Um, yeah. Took really. I, you know, I appreciate that too, because you're, you're right in terms of, you don't always know what's special about you or unique about yourself. And that's where it is really great to have a support system to, to ask and say, okay, what am I, I think X, Y, and Z about myself, but what do you think? And sometimes it's very insightful what others perceive of you, pick up from you just in your interactions, whether it's professional or personal. So I really love that piece of advice, Crystal Ball, around asking others, you know, what do you think? What do you think I should be sharing to making sure that you are capturing everything in your application? Because I always say with the application, especially the scholarship part, 
you're leave it all on the table. You know, you want to leave everything there that you feel the community should know about you as a candidate for the program and why you're fit for the program. Uh, and certainly why you'd be an asset for it. That's really important. And you want that to be conveyed in a very genuine, um, humble manner, but you also want to sell yourself a little bit. And that's uncomfortable to sell yourself, right? It's like, ah, like I'm sure, you know, I could sell Paloma way easier than I could sell myself, right? It's a, it's a comfort thing. Um, but I think it is important. That's why it's helpful to certainly to, to connect with others and hear what they have to say. So the spoiler alert is you both got admitted. That's fantastic. You know, you got in wonderful uh, different intakes. You're crossing paths now as alumni. Um, but after you accepted your offer and we're, we were fortunate to have you join our community, um, Christabel, can you talk to us about what did you do after your acceptance before you, you moved to Canada? What were some of the things that you did? Um, I know I hear a lot of people asking questions about, should I be taking courses? Should I be, you know, what should I be doing? What did you do before the first day of the program? I, I, I didn't really take any courses except for the PKP. Um, right. I really worked until the last day, like even through PKP, I was still working part-time. I worked until literally one day before the program started. Okay. Uh, I was working remotely, so so that helped. I, it, it was like still during the pinnacle of COVID. So, um, and, if, and even now the application process for the visa is pretty slow. So um, like if you get accepted, apply as soon as possible. I think it's kind of starting to pull down a bit, but uh, like, for example, in my case, I applied for the PGWP. Um, it's a postgraduate work permit for, for uh, context, I guess. I applied for it um, like four and a half months ago. I still have no answer. It doesn't matter in my case because I'm under a place that I can work. It doesn't matter. Um, but I know of a lot of people that they took a lot of time for their um, study permit. Most people got it, but still like apply as soon as possible. That's definitely... Uh, that's definitely a thing. Um, I told my friends and family kind of little by little, I didn't tell everybody right away. Uh, it was kind of like a small process, especially because I knew that if I told everybody, it would like have to be like bigger event, bigger party, was still in the middle of COVID. And especially for the couple of weeks before coming, you know, like you have to give your, your uh, COVID test. So all that month before coming, I really couldn't see most people. Uh, it was it was a weird process, uh, but definitely like give the time to give yourself the time to, to take some rest. Uh, like, you're gonna need it. I am telling you because I didn't do it that much, uh, but at, like at least a bit of time. Like do get to to London a bit earlier. I got here, uh, meet like very early February, and I got the chance to meet some of my classmates before the program started. That was a lot of fun. Um, there's gonna be a lot of things to talk about and to and to do in london even before the program starts like even even a month before there's going to be lots of people here uh so that's that's always nice and i get getting all the city getting all the people that you're going to be spending the next year with um and the other advice that i have is get your documentation for the driver license um it, it took me like nine months to get it because in mexico the process it's a pretty quick process, but bureaucracy. Uh, but if you have it before, then you can just skip from the from the G1 to, to full G, which means you can drive regularly without any restrictions pretty quickly. And that's going to make your life easier. 
Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, that's that's great advice there, Crystal Ball. I, you know, right the um, to give people a piece of understanding the PKP are those pre IV courses that we offer that are about ten days before the programs start. Now, even I know that during COVID they were virtual. We are continuing them being online or virtual for this coming year. It allows individuals to not have to necessarily move too far in advance if they're not able to. So that is one thing, um, but they are really helpful. The courses, they're quantitatively heavy. It's great for those who have maybe a either a non-business background or it's been a bit, again, a little bit of time since you've been in school and you want to refresh it. Um, you don't have to take all three. You don't take any of them, but I would say most students do take at least one. It does vary a little bit year over year, but as you mentioned, most do arrive in February. Um, whether you're from Canada or otherwise, most come in February because it is nice to to figure out some things before the first day, like where do I go buy groceries? Where do I go buy clothes? What's the bus route? You know, the bus pass is part of your tuition, which is great. And, and, you know, really you can get around with not having a car when you're just going to school. London's pretty accessible that way, but it is nice to have the driver's license for sure for, for later on, especially trips to Toronto, if you don't want to rely on, on the train. Um, so, so certainly there's some things to, to keep in mind. Now, Paloma, what about yourself with, um, with what you did after your acceptance and before the first day? I definitely needed, I didn't need to take care of driver license paperwork because <laughs> I've never had one. So really fun <laughs> on me and I haven't done anything related to that. But anyways, uh, after getting admitted, uh, like at least at work, my bosses, they already knew because I had to let them know uh, because we work on projects, so they, they need time for that. So everybody was aware that I was already planning this. Um, and I basically just wanted to enjoy myself before coming here. So I didn't take any classes. Um, I think I didn't even ask if I needed to. <laughs> I, so yeah, no, I started immediately, as Crystal said, the visa application that can take a while. For me, it was about like two months, I would say two months and a half considering Christmas because I got admitted uh, at the beginning of December, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, that that can take a while, especially with COVID and post-COVID situation. Um, but apart from that, uh, no, I just, I guess like I just got ready. I came here, as you said, February, uh, like most people. I, I think I gave myself like one week or 10 days before classes started which was great to, you know, adjust, uh, get your winter coats that you're going to need. <laughs> yeah, I did that first day uh, that I got here because Air Canada lost my luggage anyway, so I needed clothes. <laughs> so, yeah, that, um, so, it, yeah, it's nice. And it also gives you the opportunity to meet uh, your classmates uh, before actually starting classes. So because people are just meeting, hanging around, you know, um, just try to, you know, get to know London a little bit, get to know the people, just figuring out what, where things are, supermarket pharmacies and all that. And especially, I guess, Cristobal, for you, like you were coming with a family, you need that time to adjust as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, apart from that, not really much. It was just like, I think like, because I was already mentally prepared for the challenge that I was yeah. just ready to go. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. And I mean, really, we don't want you to take courses before the first day. It's a question we get asked often. And it's, you know, we're accepting you based on how you are at this point. So we're not saying you need to be better, but we've, we like you as you are. So we don't, we're not saying that you have to. So don't feel you need to do it. I think it's, again, I think Crystal, it was you who mentioned, take time, rest, 
because it will be busy once it starts. And we're not joking. It is, especially in the beginning, it's, it's, you know, drinking from a fire hose. It's another one of our common sayings around Ivy. And, uh, and it is intense in the beginning, especially to adjust and get you going. It kind of levels off a little bit over electives in the latter half of the year. It's not quite as, as fast paced, but depends if you're doing a lot of campus recruiting, maybe you're busy with more events outside of class. So take time for yourself and rest before the program starts. Um, you know, binge TV shows while you can, so to speak, you may not have as much time for that once you, you are in the program. Now, I believe you both worked with City Match. So City Match is a company that uh, we partner with, that we provide complimentary to our incoming students to help them find housing in the city of London. Um, so either one of you want to speak about maybe your relationship with City Match, how they worked with you, um, and if you found that helpful. Yeah, Chris. sure. Um, I'll be I'll be brief with it. I, I work partially with Jody. Jody is great. She was super helpful, giving me some some tips, some recommendations. In the end, uh, I did research on my own. Uh, I love doing my research, as you can see. Um, I found well, my my wife and I found our own place, uh, an apartment, which is not that close to campus, not that close to downtown. It's also not super far. Like London is not a huge city. Um, like it's it's close enough. By by bus, I would do like fifteen minutes to 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 Ivy, like door to door, if the bus was passing there just in time. Um, but Jory did connect me to the right person. Uh, otherwise, it would have been really hard to to connect to the person who was going to accept me. Like for example, I I came with a company called uh, Drulo. Yes. They, they have like tons of apartment buildings, uh, but they only have one rep that takes international applicants. So you would never get there if not with Jody. And, and also like Jody putting that reference makes it a lot easier for you to get like accepted without any crazy terms, like paying lots of months in advance or anything like that. Um, and that was really my experience with, with Jody. Uh, she's super helpful, but like, I didn't get the housing through them. Got it, okay. Yeah, for me, the experience was very similar. Um, I, the place I, I was living in, um, I got it through contacts. But at the beginning, I was working with Jody, and she was very helpful. And uh, she, she actually picked me up as well from uh, Robert Q station, I guess. And she was, she was very helpful because my, my flight, because of the luggage and everything, I, I arrived later to London, and she was always available uh to pick me up so that's great especially when you're just getting to the new city to have someone at least to help you around and uh they i think like they gave you also a time for like moving so they'll give you like an hour service to move things from one place to another uh once once you uh you're moving to your new apartment right so which is helpful and they also give you tips of where you could uh, find a good place that suits you depending on what you uh, are looking for, right? So if you want to be closer to your classmates and to the party, they will suggest some areas. If you want to be like in a more residential uh, area, yeah, they'll, they'll tell you where to go. Yeah, and that's the the the, the beauty of City, City Match is that, you know, we're, we introduce you to them and then you can work with them for as much or as, as little as you'd like. It, it doesn't matter. And so I know you each found your own housing on your own afterwards. I know, Paloma, you had a family connection here. So that certainly was really helpful for you to have. Um, and you're right, Krista, but you don't need to live like super, super close. Um, you know, the, the bus transit system is pretty good. There's a lot of apartments yeah. offered throughout the city. Same with you, Paloma, you didn't live right near campus, but it wasn't 
too terrible to, to get there either. Um, and the city of London is relatively safe, especially where you would be living. So that's another worry that you don't need to have in terms of being able to walk to campus or walk to the bus stop. Um, every city in like London has pockets that you want to avoid. But um, for the most part, you know, where you're living near campus, traditionally, whether it's in Platts Lane or city or uh, Cherry Hill or in the downtown areas, which are more of the populated areas for students, you're pretty safe to live there and, and walk amongst uh, day or, or, or nighttime. But the City Match team will even help if you want roommates. So if you are not, if you don't want to live alone and you want to live with a classmate, they will help with that as well. So we provide the service free of charge because we think it helps take off that stress for you coming in, whether you're alone or with a family. There's a lot of things you have to figure out. Not everyone loves research on their own. So it is nice to, to have that. Should you want that support, we do provide that free of charge as well as the immigration consultant free of charge with um, Rigid from the Yeah team. And, you know, like you mentioned, the visa process is so uncertain. Um, it was un always uncertain to a degree, but now with COVID, everything takes longer than expected. So it is really important if you do get an acceptance. The one thing you definitely want to do as soon as possible is get that application in. And Regid will work with you one-on-one -on -one and help with that to make sure you're answering everything properly. And hopefully it's not sent back um, with a denial and have to reapply again. So when you both arrived to Canada in the dead of winter in February, um, Let's talk about how you adjusted to, yes, the weather. Let's talk about that. And also just in terms of um, adapting to the culture in, in Canada. Um, you know, maybe Paloma, do you want to start with sort of how you, I know you're a traveler, so you're used to adapting different cultures, but um, there are some differences between, you know, Peru and Canada. And so what were some of those things you experienced? And of course, let's talk about how you embraced the winter. <laughs> yeah, of course. The first thing, yeah, weather, right? Uh, as I said before, the first thing I did was, go shopping uh, and get my winter coat and boots and everything. Um, so that helps. Like if you have the, the right clothes, it should be fine. Uh, then last year I didn't suffer winter that much. So you you adjust with time, your body adjusts. <laughs> so that's uh, that was okay. Um, I think in general, other things that you need to adjust, uh, maybe, yeah, I guess it would depend on your own expectations as well. Um, I'll say that Canadians and even like international people that have already been in Canada for a while, um, I guess like everyone is very polite and they're open to help. Um, it is, in my personal experience, mm -hmm. it's a little more difficult to befriend people. Like you have to make that first move. Uh, and I might be wrong, but I think it could be a matter of like, Canadians wanted to be very respectful of your time, your space, that they don't do that move themselves. So if, uh, if you're very social, that's all good because you're not going to have problems with that. If you're, you know, a little more introverted, uh, that's something that you could work on. And I think like that's the MBA uh, for as well is to try to push your boundaries and, you know, become more, not more, not more social, I would say, but at least more outspoken. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. It's, it, this is why I love hearing it because as a Canadian that I, you know, wouldn't know that um, as it, but I, I understand it that you're, you're right. It's uh, there is a politeness and yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah and, I it, totally understand and, it, and it's different with every person, right? It's not, it's yeah. not going to be the same experience. And no. yeah, so it depends, but it's something to keep in mind because then you're going to notice that when you get here. 
You're right. And you also, you don't want that to be like, you don't want to do that personally, that that's just maybe the way no, the culture is, but it's, and that's a great point. Yeah. It's put yourself out there. You'll likely get a very warm response, but sometimes we're just maybe too polite and we don't want to, we maybe we need to push ourselves a little better and not be um, polite. So uh, that's, that's awesome. Thanks Paloma for that. Christopher, what about you and the, adapt, the adaptation to, to Canada? Pretty similar. Luckily for me, uh, our luggage was not lost. We traveled yes. to Aero Mexico. Uh, we we, nice we bought our nice um, jackets on in, in, back in Mexico still. For some people, uh, like they like to have many layers, like layer up, and uh, that's the way to go. For me, like I just have one big jacket, and honestly, I just take one thing off and put it on whenever necessary. It's easier for me. But honestly, like if, if you have the right clothing, you shouldn't have a big problem with winter. I I love the cold so that wasn't a problem for me either um it certainly is way different than, than what i would have in, in mexico even if it was in mexico city but i actually love that you have like all the different seasons you have different things to do in each time of the year i think that's that's a lot of fun um as for the people yes as paloma says uh, everybody's super warm super welcoming super helpful everybody's like super willing to help um i think i think that's a good observation that that there are a lot more canadians tend to be a lot more respectful as to how close they they get to you uh than us latins like like i just met you and we're like hey yeah how are you um, <laughs> my brother you know? uh, and and you might have to be a bit more thoughtful of how, how you word things um yeah. Because like how how we we talk in in like at least in Mexico like you're insulting everybody as a joke and as a friendly way to you're my friend I'm gonna insult you because that's how we get along. Uh, <laughs> that's how you show your love. You're like I'm gonna insult yeah. you. That's how I show my love you for show you. Your love. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and here not so much. So some people do like still, still some, but you're gonna have to be a lot more careful like like gauge how how um, you do that. There's like a lot lot more mindfulness about in general how you word things how nice you are to people uh, so that's that's definitely a big thing not that it should be an issue for anybody like it, right. it's not just something to be mindful about yeah. um, lots of time especially yeah. during the first um, the first few months didn't right. happen to me but for some for some of my friends like some people were like okay that that thing that you're saying that's inappropriate I'm like, really <laughs> But in my country, that's that's normal. No, that's inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So a, oh, I love a that. lot of that I saw. <laughs> okay. I love that. That's again, that's fantastic. And you know what? I, I totally understand I understand what you're saying with that. And uh, it's interesting, the other series of, of this that we've done for the international region, one of their comments around watch what you say with communication was around their culture tends to be a bit more intense with communication and so and, and sometimes too direct. And that was where they said you have to kind of watch how you phrase things and make sure it's not coming across too uh, direct or intent and people can be taken aback at Canadians, they were saying. And so now I'm hearing this side where, you know, maybe we're a little too like rigid in the sense of, okay, I'm, I'm insulting you because I love you. Like this is coming from a good place, you know? So uh, I love this. This is really great, great yeah. insights. Um, now, Chris, I want to start with you this next question because, um, you know, you brought your, your wife with you and, you know, I know you've both talked a lot about 
the, the welcoming culture. And I think specifically with Ivy, with the students, right? That you're not, you're not labeled as an international student. You're all taken in together. Um, you're going through this. A lot of people are bringing families, um, children, spouses, pets. One year we had a lot of pets um, that were brought into the program and a lot of social that goes on outside the classroom. And, and you know, partners are incorporated into things that outside the classroom. I know going through COVID and the ups and downs of, you know, lockdowns and being opened up impacted things a little bit, but can you talk to like, how did your wife adjust to this and with you and the program and was she able to engage with others? Can you talk a little bit about her experience? Yeah. So, um, she would be better at telling about her experience, really, yeah. of course, yes. but, um, but honestly, the class in general was super inclusive for, for partners. Um, so even since the beginning, when we like went to small gatherings, she would come as well. Uh, they did a WhatsApp group for section three. So for context, like there's section one and section two in the program, then section five are the, the MBA directs, right? Mm -hmm. They're the ones that mm -hmm. studied for the like, HBA and then came back for the MBA. Uh, they basically take like half the classes, they, they, they're like 60% of the program, yeah. uh, from we are. Uh, so they had the section three group and, uh, many times when we had like big gatherings that because of COVID, it couldn't allow for partners, they would do something else as well. Uh, so they like, it, it became a big network as well. Um, and actually some, some very strong friendships that, that we made throughout the program, it was more that she made a strong connection with someone else. And then like, we, we ended up like doing, doing strong connection as well. Uh, but there was a lot of that in general. Um, like the school and the people are super welcoming, they're super understanding that that partners come and it's not like like me, you know, like I come, I have 160 friends instantly, pretty much. I have something, like I'm, I'm busy, like all day for pretty much every day of the week. Um, and and as a newcomer to the country that you don't get to be to be that busy, it, it might come kind of hard. If you're not able to do to do that, so I think that was that was very helpful. Um, and again, lots of people came with with spouses. Lots of people came with with children. Not that many came with children at the beginning of the program, but some of them like weren't here at the beginning. Then they came. Uh, there were a couple of people that when they got to Canada, they were like already pregnant um, and juggling the MBA with the newborn was tough, from what I saw. Um, but like they, they managed to like, even, even one friend, like he had their children, like two months into the program, two or three months into the program. And he still got like a very good grades, um, uh, still in the Dean's list. So it, it's not like you can't manage it. Like it's definitely doable. Um, and for me, it was really, really nice to be here with the, from the beginning with, with the support of, of my wife. Um, and overall, like, I think everybody was super welcoming, both the Canadians and the international, like everybody comes with the same mindset. Mm -hmm. So, so that's, that's super helpful. And this goes back to what you said earlier around people don't have already friends here, family here, because really no yeah. one is from the city of London, maybe up to five people in a given year are from city of London, but even still exactly. they would, they hang out afterwards, but this way they're not run after their friends and family. They're all hanging out together. So I think that yeah. makes it easier on the on the partners. And even those who do bring kids, like I know those who you write more towards the latter half of the year, they might, the rest of the family might come. Um, and then you can live in areas where there's like, you know, a backyard or a park and they try to kind of live in the same area. So their kids have a bit of a social too, but it is, I think that is the, the nicest thing with our city for those who do bring 
um, families or partners, especially is that they have their own community. I didn't know it was called section three. I love that. Yeah. I think that is absolutely <laughs> adorable. Uh, I know before it was passed, it's called like Ivy circle, but I think that's uh, fantastic. And not the first time I've heard where, you know, like with your wife, she made some close connections that maybe you hadn't had made yet. And it's very, very common. So uh, I'm glad to hear that and that uh, she really did enjoy herself as well. Now, Paloma, I know you were very social, uh, you know, following you on Instagram and in a lot of activities. Do you want to talk about some, what were some of those social activities that the students get involved in outside of class? Okay, well, my year wasn't the best to give examples yes. of that. Yes, <laughs> Because but, we, yeah, yeah, COVID started. But uh, despite COVID, we tried to make the effort, right? Always complying with the max number of people that you could have <laughs> and at a home. Um, but yeah, no, we will, like, before COVID, we'll go out, restaurants, pubs, you know, whatever you can find in London, then there's a lot that you can do in the city. So, and that's, that's one thing that I like and I miss about London is how green it is. Uh, mm -hmm. It's fantastic. So if you like like biking, hiking and all that, it's a really good place. Um, it's something that you can definitely enjoy doing the weekends uh, with your families if you come with, uh, with your family or by yourself or with other people from the class for sure. Um, then I would say like, you know, we try during COVID, especially we tried to do like one-to-one -one connections online. So, and that was a good way to meet people as well and spend some time uh, despite COVID and then try to make those meetings in person. Uh, it's good for you to reach out to people and like start networking because networking is very important here. And you'll see that in the social and, the, and in, at work as well. So it's a good way to to start practicing it. And I'll, I'll recommend it to do with locals, uh, with Canadians, because uh, you get a better idea of how that works. And apart from that, for social, like really small gatherings, like just going out and dinner for dinners. Yeah, pretty yeah. much, pretty much it, yeah. Yeah, it's nice because there's there's always something to do if you want to do something. That's the whole yeah. point. And then there's different interest groups. I mean, there's there's clubs that are career based that are about more for the networking, understanding the industry of consulting or marketing or technology, for example. Then there's those student interest clubs that are more social based. You know, the culinary and food. Um, you know, um, what cannabis was one club one year. There's an investment club. Apparently, investing is a fun club. I'm not. I wouldn't have thought that. But I would have thought that was a career club. But apparently, it's a social club. Um, but also the MBA, right? Your social reps for each section do uh, put together activities. Whether you go down to the beach, which either you go Port Stanley or Grand Bend, about a 45 yeah. minute drive. Yeah. Right. On so there's those things. There's, mm -hmm. there's also you have your learning uh, teams. Right. And yeah. The that can be fun as well. It's not only about studying. And then you also can have like a different group to study. Like I did that with some people. So we, apart from the, my learning team, I would get together with other people just to, you know, study and explain things between each other. Mm -hmm. uh, especially as Lindsay said before, the first half of the MBA is very busy. So you need that support as well. Yeah, those are great points. Yeah, your learning team is, is definitely there to, to, you're right, study with, but also I'm sure you have a lot of uh, fun with uh, as well. Um, before we open up for, for questions, I just want to touch a little bit back on, on recruiting in Canada. And, you know, coming from you're both successful in your careers, both in Mexico and, and Peru prior to coming to Canada. Um, when you went through the recruiting experience during the program or even shortly thereafter, did you find any, any big differences to how recruiting was here in Canada versus um, back home? Or did you find it pretty much the same with networking, job postings, interviews? 
So I would say, at least in Peru, it is easier for sure if you know someone having those contacts. Yes, 100%. I feel that here in that way is kind of the same, but networking is, is uh, yeah, it's everywhere. Like that's, yeah, you need, and that's why I was saying before, you need to start practicing as soon as you can so you get very comfortable doing it. And it is very common that people reach out to you and like just you know, want to talk about, oh, your, your job, the company, how, how it's working there, the culture, how was the recruiting process and all that. It's very common. So even if you don't know the person, you can reach out and try to set up a coffee chat with them. And most of them are open to do it. Uh, so that's definitely something that we are not used to. And that you, you need to start practicing from almost the beginning. So it's going to be easier for you when the recruiting time comes along. Yes. And apart from that, uh, recruiting depends on the role, for sure. Uh, the company, uh, some some roles, they have like multiple rounds, uh, four or five rounds of interviews. Other, maybe just two. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very different from company to company. Some of them, especially consulting ones, they will do like a, a case interview. Others, they won't. Uh, so, you know, if I personally would recommend that if you can practice for a case interview even if you don't want to go to consulting that will give you a very it will put you in a very good place for whatever kind of role you're going after that's great and Crystal, what about yourself any difference to mexico is it pretty much the same it's it's similar except for the same thing like here the networking and the coffee chat is huge um and you don't need to start the networking right away Uh, like I found that the most useful connections that I did like through networking were like in, in January, February, 2022, mm-hmm. but that doesn't make the networking that I did in 2021 less important because that was practice. And, and, and that was, that was surely very important. Like, definitely the applications uh, are pretty similar. Um, over, like overall the application process, except for the, for the networking and the referral um, systems. And uh, like the other thing for, all of the, the jobs that I got pretty close, um, I always had like a case situation. It wasn't necessarily the same. Like there's many different formats for like the case interviews. Like sometimes multiple consulting, like they're going to give you a case and on the spot you have to solve it. And many other times it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you got this scenario, you got one week, prepare and present. Um, but usually for this, for this kinds of positions, from what I've heard, from most of the people in my in my class, they had some sort of case, whether on the spot or with a week to prefer that, to prepare. So uh, that's another reason why I think that the case study method is super useful because you're doing that on a daily basis on school. Right. That's a great. That's a great point. You're literally doing that every day. So when it comes down yeah. to the interviews, you've got a you're pretty natural at it. And there are some extra resources like Marquee that the, the career management team will bring in to assist. And for some other technical interviews, they'll help and bring some other resources. And the career team is there to help you with your behavioral interviews as well as with the networking part. You know, how do you reach out mm-hmm. to an alumni? How do I organize a coffee chat? How do I stay in touch with them without bothering them? You know, all those those nuances that do make a difference on an impression. So. If you're uncomfortable with networking, which many are, it's a, it's sometimes it's not the easiest thing to always do. It's like a muscle, you know, what, the more you do it, you get, you get better at it and more comfortable at it. And you don't want to come across as robotic, but in the beginning, yeah, you're, you're nervous, right? 
they will help with that too. So it is good to kind of get your mindset into that. But to your point, Cristobal, we don't want you to be recruiting before the first day of the program. So those resources will come during it, but have the mindset to get ready to start doing some of those activities pretty quickly on. So the last question I have for each of you is, as you look back now, and you, you think, gosh, wow, you know, before I was in the shoes of figuring out the MBA and looking at their schools and doing all this research, and now you've gone through the program, you've both been successful with your careers. Is there either anything you would do differently um, in terms of the whole experience of it? And then I guess any final thoughts or pieces of advice um, for the group who um, could be joining us as well? You want to start, Paloma? I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know it's, it's a loaded question. I understand that. But, uh, you know, if you think there's there's probably something you look back and you think, well, if I know this now, I might have done this differently. And maybe not. Maybe you your approach is how it was. And that's absolutely fine. Yeah. And then I would just ask for any advice for the group. Oh, I think I wouldn't change anything. I mean, COVID. Well, maybe. sure. I mean, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's go. Let's go back to 20. Okay. Now, 20. Yeah. <laughs> but apart from that, not really. I think like. For international students, one of the most stressful things is, you know, looking for that job. And that put a lot of stress on you. And if you don't have the right support system here in person or back at home, you know, that helps you keep going, it's difficult. So um, I think like I had a good one. So that helped. But maybe just like, you know, be more kind of confident that it's going to happen. It's just like a matter of time. Sometimes it takes longer and that I can I, I get it. it. It can be very stressful, but it's going to happen. So don't stress yourself to the point that it's unbearable. Um, just try to, you know, find techniques or something that help you take things one step at a time. And yeah, I think like that, that would be it really. Great. Thank you. That's, that's good advice. Um, like for me, I guess just taking a few days before before school started, um, like to do to do more stuff. I guess even even while in Canada, I would have had more chance to to do things out with my with my classmates. Um, even though it was COVID and cold, so you can do lots of things <laughs> inside. Uh, but it was still still fun. I think still still worth it. Um, and as Paloma says, um, I, I knew since the beginning that I didn't want to do for recruiting. I wanted to do just in time, but still, I got like caught up into the FOMO of everybody's doing for recruiting. You gotta do at least some of it, even if you're not gonna like do a lot of effort into it. Like honestly, just if you know what you want, like stick with it. Don't get distracted by other things. I could have used that time to enjoy other things instead of like being stressed about it. Um, I like throughout the last. I don't know, four months of, of 2021, I was thinking about recruiting a lot, looking into LinkedIn pretty much almost on a daily basis, thinking about the coffee chats. Um, and I think I wasted a lot of time in that because it was really in 2022 when things happened. So like just enough to, to keep yourself fresh, to uh, practice what you need to practice, but like don't, don't stress about things that are like when it's too soon for it to be relevant like it's really too soon like do it if it's for practice but not because you're stressed um and like really again they're going to tell you this throughout the program but like like trust the process everybody's going to get a job the people that don't get a job like soon it's mostly because 
they're looking for something super specific. Uh, it's not that, that they didn't get any, any job offer, but like they're looking for something really specific. Uh, they know like exactly what they're looking for. Uh, and that's, and that's great. But, um, but I, I, I think that just could have had a lot more time to, to relax, enjoy, have more of a social life. Um, and that's, that's it for me. Uh, that's, that's great advice. And I, I think you're, you make a comment, which is helpful because it happens every single year, which is getting caught in, I would say specifically the consulting bubble and uh, yeah. that, you know, you know, you probably both experienced it. And uh, to, like you said, you did firsthand and you, you feel now that, you know, looking back, I shouldn't have done that because you knew what you wanted and you got kind of caught up by the group, right. With what everyone's doing, but every, it's very common it happens every year. And what I'm referencing is that because, because consultant companies come very early on to recruiting, there's this right away feeling, well, if everyone else is going for this, I should also look at this career. Um, and then subsequently what happens with campus recruiting in September, October, then you get other consulting companies, you get financial services, you receive consumer packaged goods companies coming to campus, tech companies, more larger scale organizations to kind of know eight months out, nine months out, they're, they're hiring needs. Uh, and so there's a lot of activity going on campus. And you're right, a lot of offers that are going out, but majority of those actually, you know, receive their offers and accept their employment after that and that just in time season. Because I think a lot of people get caught up in the buzz, but realize this is not actually where I know I want to go with my career. So it, it, is, it is great if you can to stay true to what you want. It's hard. Uh, I understand that. Uh, but you both, uh, you know, went through both seasons of recruiting and found careers um, that, uh, you know, are fit for you. And that's really, that's fantastic. And it's just a testament to um, the exceptional individuals that you each are, the great skills you brought into the program. And you brace the program, you thrive during it, uh, different years and different situations with that C word that's still lingering around. Um, but, uh, you know, we really do, you know, appreciate you um, and all that you have to offer to both each your classmates and then now to the broader alumni network, which um, now you're going to be those people that maybe people in this today's group are going to be reaching out to you for coffee chats um, for, at some point in the future. So now you're on the other side of it. So. I really do want to thank you for, for your time and all your great insights and advice today. I think it really is um, quite immensely helpful.